Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Good morning, church. Good morning to those online as well. So glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Well, God's got a word for you today, so you better get ready. All right. God's mission and vision will not change simply because man rejects him or his children. Say that again. God's mission and vision will not change simply because man rejects him or his children. Rejection. We know it. Some of us are living it. Some of us endured the hand of it. The biblical definition of rejection is when a person or a group includes an individual or a group of people and refuses to acknowledge or accept them. Sound familiar? Heard about it recently? Cried out in disbelief? The word rejection comes from a Latin word that means to be thrown back. When we experience rejection, the feeling not only stops us in our present pursuits, but it sometimes causes us to retreat from progressing because we fear future failure. In psychology, the phenomenon is called helplessness, where it most vulnerable at the point of rejection. When we experience disapproval or rejection, that experience can become a catalyst for self-defeat. This not only applies to individuals, but to races, to cultures, and to those who we believe are different. A mother was preparing breakfast for her three children under the age of seven. And as she was doing that, there was a knock at the door. She started to go towards the door, and the knocking continued, and this feeling of uneasiness came over her. As she opened up the door, there were two officials standing there. And they explained to her that they were there to take her children. As she tells the story, a lot of it is still a blur. She said the fear, the anguish, the disbelief, the shock, the trauma literally crippled her in that moment. As the authorities came to take the children, they were sitting there frozen in fear, not understanding what was about to happen. The mother screamed and yelled and said, no, you cannot take my children. They're mine. The authorities scooped up the children. The children were crying and screaming and begging not to be taken. It is hard to believe that this actually happened. Fast forward to today. The same mother gets a call. And the voice on the other end says, 
we have found a mass grave of children. And we believe your children are part of this buried group. I cannot imagine what it would have been like to hear those words. Now take back, take a step back in time to 1876 when the Department of Indian Affairs was created to administer policies regarding the First Nations. This act gave legal power to the government officials to control the lives of the First Nation communities across Canada. This act deemed individuals stated and known as Indians not to be deemed as people. Don't believe me? Look it up. When I read that, I can't even describe the feeling that came over me. I have many friends who are Native. And to think that they're not known as people? They were denied rights that other Canadians would enjoy. Rejected. Rejected as a nation. Rejected as a people. Rejected as a person. Rejecting their culture, their beliefs, like a thief in the night who came to steal, to kill, and destroy. Rejection throughout history continues to repeat itself over and over. You think by now we would have figured it out. From the Holocaust of the Jew and nation to the marches of the Black Lives Matters to the killing of Muslims and Christians all around the world, rejection leaves a trail of shame, of guilt, and fear known to so many. But I'm here to tell you today, rejection is a liar. It is a liar. It wants to steal your joy. It wants to steal your life. It wants to put you in a place of fear. Proverbs 15, chapter 15, verse 13 says, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Maybe you can relate to this. We've all had different experiences of rejection. Let's say you've been invited to a friend's place. They're having a get-together. It's been a long time since we've got to be able to get together in a group. You're excited. You're going to see people that you haven't seen in a long time. You put on your best outfit, and you're all dressed up, and you're ready to go. And you arrive, and you see so many people there, and they're just laughing, and they're hugging each other. And some are even crying in disbelief because they haven't seen some of these people in so long. And so you join in to the fun. And out of nowhere, this voice of rejection comes at you. And it says... Hey, you. Wow. You sure put on a lot of weight. 
I see you've got the COVID curve going on. Some of us can relate. You definitely are going to stick out from all the rest because, I mean, many of the people here really stayed in shape. Rejected, not wanted, the sorrow of the heart and the spirit broken. Rejection can produce shame and guilt if you choose to let it. But God has given us freedom. In an instant, we can learn how to recognize rejection. Our course, Highway to Wholeness, teaches us how to recognize it and how to guard our hearts against rejection. So what do you do in that moment? What do you do when you hear someone yell out to you and say, hey, wow, you've put on a lot of weight. Well, my answer to that is, hey, everyone, let's do a group photo. Come on, let's do a group photo of all of us. And then you go to the front row of that group. And you stand there and you smile and you embrace those curved covid curves <laughs> that's what you do with rejection you put that puppy in its place and you let it know who's boss amen sister you see rejection can be the feelings or the thoughts of being unwanted disgraced but you know what we can choose to be different. God calls us to cling to Isaiah 54.4 and other scriptures when the spirit of rejection tries to visit you. Isaiah tells us, do not fear for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth. Remember, this is key. What you are not changing, you are choosing. Let that sink in. What you are not changing you are choosing. Are you choosing disgrace? A person or a thing regarded as shameful and unacceptable? Many Christians today carry with them thoughts and feelings of unacceptance. Or are you choosing to be the child of the Most High God who molded and created you in the womb? What are you choosing? Rejection can produce the agony of desperately wanting people to love you. But acceptance, acceptance can produce the opportunity to love others by accepting yourself and accepting them for who they are and who God created. That's key who God created. Rejection can convince you that people don't like you. They don't want to accept you. 
But acceptance in Christ says who you are. It says people do like you. They do want to be with you. They do want to accept you. But so often with rejection, we will put up defense mechanisms. We want to protect ourselves. So many suffer and put up these defense mechanisms of withdrawing or exploding in anger and hatred and looking for an identity that is outside a true and complete relationship with Christ. Self-sabotage, self-rejection is the act or the process tendering to hamper or hurt ourselves. Self-rejection is a result of low self-worth. And we believe the lies from the spirit of rejection. Remember what I said earlier? The spirit of rejection is a lying spirit. It is a thief that robs you of peace and joy. Rejection pours gasoline into the areas of our lives where we are the most vulnerable and hurt. Rejection can cause you to want to strive, to be better, to be accepted, to constantly be looking to be affirmed. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Man, male, female, he created them. The mere fact that we are made in the image of the eternal, the all-knowing, the all-powerful, the all-wise God, how could we not want to be a part of him? It is so important that we always remember that our creator, his continued existence is within us. And he is the powerful working God. Your circumstances, your emotions, your thoughts can open the door to rejection. Do you have an alcoholic parent? Are your parents divorced? Were you abused? Have you been abandoned or betrayed? in a marriage, or in a business deal? Have you suffered from discrimination? Have you had to break away from a controlling relationship? If so, there is a reality that the bag of rejection might be a part of your life. But we can pause and we can ask ourselves some questions. And some of those questions include, do I have difficulty in receiving correction? Do I think, take things personally and get easily offended? Do I resent authority? Do I get angry for no apparent reason? Do I have this ongoing, deep desire to have everyone like me? Do I have the need to control everything and every decision that needs to be made? 
does insecurity sweep over me? Do I battle with loneliness? As you learn more and more about rejection, especially through the course of Highway to Wholeness, you will discover the deep layers of the roots of what contributes to rejection. From my time at visiting Being Health in Georgia and then going through the Highway of Wholeness, I learned that the allergies that were plaguing my body, the continuous fight to lose weight, suffering with fibromyalgia and hives all over my body inside and out, were some of the health issues that was caused by the root of rejection, stuff that I had been battling with my entire life. Can you relate? Maybe you know someone else that is suffering in these areas. But because we live in a fallen world, rejection is a certainty. But Jesus gives us the ultimate example of how to thrive through rejection. If we look to the life of Jesus, we will notice that even the Son of God was not immune to the sting of rejection. From the onset of his ministry, Jesus encountered opposition and disbelief. Let us go to Luke 4, 16 to 29. And it says here, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. So this is Jesus. And as as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath and he stood up to read. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And the recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, and he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And so all who bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, this is not Joseph's son. And he said to them, you will surely say this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. And then he said, Assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. 
But I tell you truly, many widows who were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years ago in six months, and there was a great famine throughout the land. But to none of them was Elijah, sorry, but to none of them was Elijah sent to, I can't even talk, sent excerpt to Zerubbabel in the region of Sodom to a woman who was a widow. Somehow the enemy did not want me to say that. I, re- I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. This message will get told. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elijah, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. So all those who were in the synagogue, and when they heard these things, they were filled with joy? No. No, they did not like what they were hearing. Just go back one, please. So they were filled with wrath. They were ticked off. They did not like what Jesus was telling them. Next slide, please. And so they rose up and they thrust them out of the city. Now you got to remember, this is Jesus. At any moment, he could turn on the power. And they led him to the brow of the hill on which the city was built, that they might throw him down over the cliff. Rejected. Rejected in his own town. The disciples wanted to respond in anger and ask Jesus if they could call down fire from heaven and destroy this town. But Jesus, in his kindness and wonderfulness, he rebukes this suggestion. And instead of vengeance, he continues towards his mission, his journey to another village. Remember what I said earlier? God's mission and vision will not change simply because man rejects him and or his children. With each rejection Jesus faced, we see him respond with movements continuing towards his goal, towards the mission and the vision that he was to fulfill. Even when he was thwarted, Jesus remained steadfast. When asked permission to seek justice, Jesus rebukes the disciples. Jesus is hanging on the cross. And even when he was taunted, he asked for forgiveness for his transgressors. In Romans 8.31, it says, And what then shall we say to these things? That if God is for us, who can be against us? That's right. Say it with me. If God is for us, then who can be against us? This is what God says about you and says about me in Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16. For you have formed my inward parts. You've covered me in my mother's womb. 
I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought into the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they were, were all written, the days fashioned for me. When as yet there were none of them. The reality is, is that Jesus experienced and defeated rejection. He was despised and rejected by men. And how did he deal with it? He understood it, and he recognized the spirits of rejection. Luke 23, 34 says, And then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they, know, they do not know what they do. And they divided up his garment and cast lots. So how do we make these changes? How do we recognize? How do we manage through when the spirit of rejection comes and knocks at our door and says, I want to bring you health issues today? I want to be your welcome wagon and give you stinking thinking and tie you to the spirit of rejection. Not a welcome package I'd want. I learned a simple exercise a few years ago. And it has helped me, especially when I get into situations where there is some intense fellowship happening. Anybody here know what that is? (laughs) Take a look at your hand. You have a thumb and four fingers, unless, of course, you've been in an accident and some are missing right? Each one represents the letter R. So let's start with your thumb first. The letter R is the word recognize. You're recognizing that somebody, something known as the spirit of rejection has just rang your doorbell. Think back to the little story there I told you about the party. When the person said, hey, you, what happened to you? The tone probably said it all of what was about to come next. Learning to recognize it. Take your pointer finger and say the word responsibility. Come on, responsibility. You're going to take responsibility for your involvement, for accepting the times of when we have allowed rejection to come into our lives, to allow that place of shame and guilt and that feeling of not measuring up come upon us. Now take your next finger, your middle finger. Now I know some of you have probably used this finger inappropriately in the past before you knew Jesus. (laughs) But... We have a great word for you for all those times that you used it in not such a nice way. And it's called repent. (laughs) 
How appropriate. <laughs> and we need to repent for coming into agreement with rejection and its ugliness. Remember where it comes from. God gives us good gifts. Remember, we talked about that earlier. This is not a good gift. Next, your ring finger. Renounce. You're going to renounce participating with rejection. And lastly but not least, your baby finger, the shortest one of all. And I always kind of chuckle about this one because it's remove. And being the shortest one of all means that Jesus is going to make it easy for you to be able to remove the spirit of rejection from your life. Amen? All right. So it's simple and it's easy. So what, were, what was the first one? Right on. What was the second one? Responsibility. And I know you all remember the third one. <laughs> Repent. And the ring finger. Renounce. And the baby finger. Remove. Amen. In James 1, verses 6, it says, But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Our Heavenly Father only wants good, good things for us. James 1, 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. As a new creation, God wants you to love yourself. He wants you to love yourself so that you can be free to love others unconditionally. Being able to accept each other because we are different. God is not a cookie cutter God. He made every single one of us different on purpose. We may have characteristics that are the same, we may have personality types that overlap. But I am here to tell you today that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Almighty God, made you for such a time as this. You're not here by accident. You are here because God called you in this season at this time because he needs you as a vessel to do something different and to shake this place up. And I am so off script, it's unbelievable. But I really do believe that God has a message for you today. And it's for you to know who you really, truly are. So that when the spirit of rejection and all that other garbage that we've been learning about the last few weeks tries to come and take a stronghold in your life, 
God is saying, enough people. I didn't send my son to earth to die for no reason. I sent him to set you free so that you could live in a life of my goodness and my will. Because you know what? Here's the good news. We're just passing through. This is not permanent, people. We are simply passing through. And if you have not read Isaiah 65 lately, I encourage you to read it. Because it tells you what is about to come. And what is waiting for you on the other side. Isaiah 65. I got to get back on track. Sorry. God loves you. He loves you. And he loves you. And he loves me. And I've done some pretty bad things in my life. And I'm not proud of. But you know what? Jesus Christ came into my life in 1996. And praise God he did because he set me free. And God sent his son so that he could set others free. From the lepers who were shunned and abandoned. From the Samaritan woman at the well who was rejected and outcast by her village. A man may say, you are not wanted here. He may say, you're not good enough. He may say, you don't measure up. But I'm telling you, God says you are something different. He loves you so much. And he tells us over and over and over and over, I have come to set the captives free. For when the Son sets you free, the free is, you are free indeed. Remember what I said to you earlier. God's mission and vision will not change because man rejects him or his children. God's mission and vision for your life does not change because man says you can't do it. Because man says you're not wanted. You know, people, we have so much in this country. So much. We are so blessed. I pause every day for the gift that God has given Owen and I of the property of where we live now. I do not take that for granted, and neither does Owen. Because God gave us that property to be able to share it with others. Because it's his. All of it's his. We just get to share it. As you were thinking about coming on August 21st, There's a baptismal happening. Pastor Peter told you a little bit about it earlier. And many of you have probably been baptized. Maybe more than once. Doesn't matter. Number doesn't matter. What matters is that if you have things in your life and you need to get them 
shed. You need them to be gone. Take the time to think about it and pray about it and ask God. When I went down to Georgia to be in health and I got rid of a lot of stuff, and the Lord was pressing on me to be baptized the second time. And I resisted. I said, I don't need to. I already did it once. And as Candy was standing in line, a good friend of mine that goes to his church, and she was she she signed right up. She was like, she was all in the whole week. It was just amazing to watch what God was doing in her life, too. And she said, come on, come on, you got to get baptized. I said, Candy, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to get baptized again. And as she's standing there and I'm standing kind of off the side, the Holy Spirit come on me. And I started weeping. And I mean weeping. And Candy turned to me and she says, why are you resisting? He just wants to wash you clean and, and literally seal what he had already done in my life that week. So I don't know what it is you've got going on in your own personal life. And I don't need to know. But Jesus knows. And he wants to set you free. He wants you to be free of the words that have been spoken over you. Free from the spirit of rejection. He loves you and he wants you. So I encourage you to think about it. Pray about it. Let me close with this prayer. Heavenly Father, through your glorious name and awesome power, we can push through to any victory and defeat every enemy, including the spirit of rejection. Father, you are faithful. Nothing can stand in your way. You are our champion who helps us to overcome. When you fill us with your power, you equipped us to be just like you. When you put your words in our heart, you give us a sword to use against the enemy. Our posture will not be one of defeat or fear, for you have given us the victory. Just standing in your presence infuses us with faith. We will run through the fires and dance in the storms. Your radiant presence burns the camp of the enemy, the camp of rejection, destroying the wickedness that opposes you. When rejection tries to steal our joy, we will not relent. We stare it in the face, for you have restored our lives and our strength has set us free. In the name of Jesus, I command the spirit of rejection to leave your children. If there is anyone here today that feels that they are not worthy or have shame and guilt for something that you did in your past or maybe that's going on right now, I want to pray with you. So I ask you to stand to your feet and say, today I release the spirit of rejection off of me. Oh, Father, you got a group of hurting people. And he loves you so, 
so much. I'm not worthy to stand here. But God said today, Paulette, just be my vessel. Just be my mouthpiece. So, Father, we come before you. And we say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Holy Spirit, come right now. Pour out your anointing upon your people. Upon your hurting people who have been rejected. Who have had names spoken over them and words spoken over them that did not come from your heart. Lord, we release the anointing of the Holy Spirit right now to come and to wash over each person here. Especially for those who are standing and releasing the spirit of rejection off of them right now in the name of Jesus. Gone, gone, gone. You have no authority over them. You have no power over them. We release the hurt, the unwantedness, the shame, the guilt, the fear. And Father, we come before you and we repent and we say, Father, forgive us for what we have accepted in our lives. Forgive us for believing the lie that once upon a time someone told us we were naked. We thank you, Father. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your blessings. I pray this week, O oh Lord, that as people are standing in a moment of silence amongst the chaos of noise, that you would speak to them and you would remind them of the five R's and help them to recognize, help them to release it and remove it from their life, O oh Lord. And we give you all of the praise and all of the glory in Jesus' mighty, holy, holy name. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.